Good morning, everyone. Uh, let's read the Bible together. So we're starting in Matthew uh, chapter 1, starting at verse 21. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Maggie from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. Now down to Philippians chapter 2, starting at verse 4. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross." Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Compared to the rest of the world, apparently compared to the rest of the world, Australia is unique in terms of how we celebrate Christmas. Uh, We come to the end of the year and work begins to wind down. Lots and lots of you take holidays. We kind of run on empty until the end, wherever that would be, then we just flop over the finish line into the next year. And that's a unique time uh, for Australia and actually around the world as apparently. I don't live anywhere else but here, so that's what they tell me. But for all the stress, another unique thing in Australia is that there are so many unique little pleasures in this time of year, rarely seen any other time of the year. Here's here's some unique things which you might experience this summer. Consider this. uh, The waves as they smash against the rocks down at the beach. Gum trees and the smell of soil. Music books and lovemaking. Wine, potatoes and butter. The sound of a cricket ball when it hits the centre of a bat and is smashed for a six. The laughter of children, the womp of a door closing on a European car, the sky at dusk, fireworks, old men getting the giggles, children playing chasey, the smell of an evaporative air conditioner on a hot day, grandma's smile, fresh mowed grass and freshly brewed coffee, the feel when you jump into a pool on a very hot day, or for some of you it will be sleeping in. You know, the Christmas story says that we have someone to thank for all of this, and it's the one who came into our world through a birth canal at Christmas. And today, many of us will spend the day celebrating with family and friends and food, enjoying presents and maybe swimming if the sun does come out. But before we go too deep into those really good things for the rest of our day, 
I want to share with you another joy. A joy I hope you caught a glimpse of in all the singing, heard in the Bible reading, saw in the kids' talk. A joy that exists even when Christmas is dark and cold and looks very different to what you planned. A joy that's longer lasting, more satisfying than all the bits of the great day or a good summer or the season or Australia winning tomorrow. A joy that comes from knowing who Christmas is all about. A joy whom all the little joys point us to. Jesus. This morning, one of our kids, our oldest, in fact, got the Narnia books. You may have heard them, very famous. In the final book of the Narnia series, uh, the children are caught in this fierce battle. And on top of the hill, there's a small shed. And they go into this small shed to escape the danger. And once they get in there, they discover it's the door to an enormous world with sweeping meadows and grasslands and limitless horizons. They all remark about how this small little shed that looks so insignificant was massively bigger on the inside than anyone could ever imagine. And then Lucy, one of the characters, she says this, Yes, in our world too, a stable once had something inside that was bigger than the whole world. She's right. So were the gospel readings we heard. And Philippians, there's something big going on today. And it's not that we have to have a great day to find great joy. It's the reminder that great joy has come down to find us. That in the baby, we catch a glimpse of God, what God's up to in the world, and how he invites us to find joy in him. So at the first Christmas, as we saw in our readings, some wise men, they got caught up. They, they caught a glimpse of this joy from God when they saw a star. And this star set them off on a journey in search of a place looking for a person so they could give worth and express gratitude to Jesus. As we heard in our Bible reading, it says, we have come to worship him. Worship is just giving honor and prestige to something or someone. These wise men bubbled over with joy and happiness as they comprehended God and what he was up to in Jesus. They didn't get caught up in the star. They realized this rising star was pointing them to the one who made all the stars. The one all heaven and earth is pointing to and how it's praising him for who he is. We have this group of men coming from a faraway place, realizing God was up to something in Jesus. And perhaps today, that's something to think about. That God is up to something in Jesus still today. There's more going on than what you think. And I reckon in Jesus, you too can have the mega joy the wise men did. Because Christmas is the reminder that in all the ups and downs of our life, great joy and peace and hope can be found in Jesus. But the thing is, Christmas is only the start. Let me put to you, the praise that the wise men there gave to Jesus is only a slither of the worship and praise he will get. And I get that from our second Bible reading. And by way of context, when we come to the book of Philippians, the author in this part, his name is Paul, and he begins by saying that we have a tendency as humans to look out for our own interests. And maybe you saw that this year, navigating the shops, navigating family decisions. We went to the Civic Park Carols, and it was wonderful, but it took half an hour to move 200 meters in the car park. Lots of people with self-interest trying to get out of that very small exit. Maybe you saw it at work with that one person who left your team early just because they wanted to have holidays, abandoning everyone else to finish up the job before everything closed. Self-interest is pretty much the human story. But Paul, who writes this, says, if you're a Christian, 
Because of Christmas, you operate in a different way. He says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus. And then in the next verse, he tells us what that mindset is. He says, Jesus, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. The phrase nature of God, that's key. Key in understanding what attitude Jesus has. Just consider for a moment what the Bible means by the word God and applying it to Jesus. God is unchanging in his being, purpose, and nature, right? The milk in your fridge that you put in your coffee today, that has a use-by date. The Christmas ham, that has a use-by date. So does the brandy custard. It'll expire, it'll end. But God is not like the milk. There is no use-by date or best before with him. There is no authority over him that he has to answer to. He does what he wills, decides what he wants, and acts as he wants to. God is gloriously perfect and loving and holy and just and good with no beginning and no end. That's God. And then he unleashes his eternal power and glory at Christmas by becoming a human so we can know this God in a personable way. And you see emphasized in the next verse. Look at verse 7 and 8. Rather, he made himself nothing, Jesus made himself nothing, by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. As a kid, my favorite movie was Disney's Aladdin. And there's a moment in the movie when the genie comes out and says, I have phenomenal cosmic power. And then he gets sucked back in the lamp and says, but teeny tiny living space. It's an example of something big and massive. This genie, he's all powerful, willingly reducing itself into something small, right? And in a way, the Bible declares God does this too. When it says he took the nature of a servant, making himself nothing. Phenomenal cosmic power, yes, but he lay it aside to willingly become a human. Not forced or as a consequence like our genie was in the movie Aladdin. It's divine capacity restrained, not reduced. Restrained, not reduced. God allowing himself to be made in human likeness. Now that means he willingly accepted the life of a human, the full life. If you read the account of Jesus' life, you notice things like Jesus wept, like we do. He was hungry, like you will be later today. He became tired, as some parents are this morning already. He was thirsty. He agonized. Jesus experienced the death of one parent and then arranged the care of another. He needed to be with people, but he also needed time alone, and some of you need time alone as well this holiday period. See, Jesus was fully human in every way, understanding life as one of us. But the Christmas story goes on. Because fully human doesn't mean Jesus was only born. He died. Death on a cross, it says. God does not regard himself above death, even a cruel, ugly death like crucifixion. But the story goes on. Because after Jesus' death, God's purpose at Christmas was still happening. Look at verses 9 to 11. Therefore, after his birth and life and death, God exalted Jesus, or him, to the highest place and gave him the name above every other name, that at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow. Where? In heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hey, do you remember those wise men? They were doing that at Jesus' birth. But then here it's expanded to every tongue from every human and not just with their mouths but bowing their knees. Someone once said, in the, in the incarnation, it's a word that literally means into meat, incarnation. 
in the incarnation, divinity became humanity. But then in the resurrection, humanity was taken up into divinity. Jesus has a body, still wearing it, the same one he was born in. And these wise men we heard about at Christmas, they caught a glimpse of that future in the baby, in Jesus at Christmas. And year after year, the carols, the readings, the nativity scenes, these are a sign, a pointer, if you will, of God's kindness to you and me. A reminder that as we plod along in life, Christmas is about finding joy in the worship of Jesus. And that today is bigger than just the baby. It's the reminder that God's working an eternal agenda and he's inviting, inviting you to join him in that. Therefore, today, if you can, make it a joyful time. But maybe it won't be. Maybe your whole plans have changed through sickness or the weather or for a thousand other things, whatever it is. But can I put to you, why not make today a day that you too could be like those wise men and find joy wrapped up in a swaddle, in a manger, in Jesus. Why not, today, as you leave, in our next few carols, ask Jesus to fill you with the hope and joy and peace and his forgiveness? Why not, today, you do what Philippians is reminding us. The aim of our existence is to bow our knees before Jesus and praise his name. Why not do that today, for the hundredth time, or maybe the first time? May... Today be the day that you make your life all about him and be reminded of the joy of knowing this God and Jesus too. Hey, let me pray. Wonderful God, you didn't just look upon us as your creation, but you became one of us. And at Christmas time, we remember the significance of Jesus' birth. But it's not just the birth, it's his life. And not just his life, but his death. And not just his death, but his resurrection from the dead and his eternal rule that we long for and look forward to. Therefore, Jesus, would we be so joyful at knowing you, regardless of our days, would you give us the hope of the future that one day we will be with you, but you understand life every moment because you became one of us. May you be given the honor and praise in your name. Amen.